This episode is sponsored by Realtor.com, who wants you to take advantage of your free profile on Realtor.com. By claiming and completing your free profile, adding a photo, and all of the information that puts you head and shoulders above the competition, you're on your way to receiving free leads, helping search engines find you, and staying top of mind with past clients. To learn more about claiming your free profile, go to realtor.com forward slash profile. Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I am your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me today is Maricela Soberanes. She is the co-founder of Upplex Multifamily Investments. She is also a Navy veteran, a self-published author, and a medical missionary to third world countries. She's been investing in real estate since 2006 and has successfully grew a portfolio before becoming a full-time syndicator. Maricela, welcome onto the show. Thank you for having me, Allison. Great to be here. Yeah, we're really excited. We're going to jump into this world, and I'm really excited about this topic because it's not something we've talked about before, but I think it's so relevant and it's so timely is virtual assistants and how they can power your company, how you can use them as a tool to grow and move your business forward. But before we get started in that, I have to ask our signature question who I ask all of the guests who join me on the Real View podcast, which is since the show is called The Real View, I would like to know what is the best view that you've ever seen? When I arrived to the States, I arrived during the nighttime. So, and I've never seen the US. Like I've seen it in movies, stay in a hotel that was like the third floor and it was facing a busy highway. This is in Austin, Texas. And I just remember the first thing that I woke up, I went to the window and I opened the curtains and it was this like beautiful after traveling for almost a day and a half, never been to America. And I was like, look how beautiful everybody drives like, you know, in the road. It was just beautiful and and different meaning. Of course, I've seen another scenery and nature, but that significant view of a new beginning, new country and new challenges. That was a very beautiful view. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. How old were you when you came over to the U.S.? I was was 23. It was in 1998. Oh, I love that. Very cool. That's a very special view. I love that. But speaking of that, I'd love to hear a little bit more about you, how you got started in real estate, career journey. Tell us a little bit about what's got you to where you are today. Did mention I came to the States in 1998, and my primary goal was to learn how to speak English. I focused my attention and pretty much building my vocabulary. I ended up going back to college. I had a business degree back in Mexico. Since I was not able to speak, I wasn't really able to practice in a different country. So pretty much I have to go back to college. And during that transition, I decided to go into nursing. I graduated in nursing and I started working in the hospital and intensive care unit. Okay, what is it that Americans do? Go to college and get a car, get a house. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to get a house, but I really don't want a big house because it's just me and my dog. 
So I learned about multifamily then. And at that time, all I saw myself was like, okay, I leave on one side, rent another house on the other side, and then I'll buy in a duplex. That was my first real estate experience. When I went to grad school to get my master's degree in anesthesia, I moved out of Texas to Memphis. And then I rent on both sides and I was cash flowing. I was like, this is pretty nice. I kind of like that. And I was covering all the expenses and I kind of got hooked. So when I graduated, I came back to Austin, living one side again. I was able to remodel it, you know, make it all look pretty. And then my next step was to buy a house. So I did the same thing, but then I started traveling as an anesthesia provider. I started traveling to different states and I was renting the house by the room. So at that point, I had two units rented in the house and I just saw the potential of how you can build all these little revenues of income. I thought I was going to do the agent. I purchased the books, read all the books. Your audience probably read it. I just opened up my mind to see the possibilities of building your wealth through passive investing or investing. I I just invested and I came across the concept of syndications. I didn't know really much about it and I didn't know anyone that was doing it. So in the meantime, I decided to continue to build the portfolio and I got up to 12 units, 12 apartments. And then I met my husband and he didn't run away. In fact, he embraced the, (laughs) the idea of continue to build that portfolio. So we got to 35 apartments or 35 doors together. That was the beginning of small multifamily investing. Love that. That's so cool. And I love that you kind of just saw the value in that, right? From the beginning, you saw that this was a great thing, that home ownership was important and, and owning homes and there was so much value in that. And you were able to really build, you know, a life and a business off of that. I think that's really cool. And I love that you brought up the syndication too and being a syndicator. Talk to us a little bit for maybe any of our listeners who aren't familiar with that, a little bit about what that is, what it entails. When we talked about reinvesting in real estate, most people think a house because that's what their comfort zone is. They probably already own a house. Syndicate just means to leverage on each other resources and purchase something that probably by yourself might not be able to afford it. In this case, we buy multi-million dollar buildings and certainly we by ourselves wouldn't be able to afford it, but it is through leveraging the capital, the experience and time from our partnerships that we can buy apartment apartment complexes. Our criteria for buying is 120 uh, plus units. Largest one we have is at 297 units with a retail at the bottom. We started passively to learn the business. We pay for mentorship. And then we took on the active role as general partners, which means you go find the deals, analyze them, underwrite everything, prepare the syndication, and then invite passive investors. Last year, we closed in eight transactions. We also do joint ventures and we diversified our portfolio to include self-storages and mobile home parks. That's so cool. So you really kind of do it all, you know, everything from that retail space with apartments on the top to mobile homes. I mean, that's really cool. That's such, you know, like you said, a diverse and expansive portfolio. So very cool. Thanks for shedding a little bit more light on what you do and kind of your world and things like that. But I want to get into what we're going to talk about today, which is how to build our team with affordable and professional virtual assistants and what this means, what this world of virtual assistants looks like. And I know we hear so much now, you know, in the news about the virtual world and and virtual artificial intelligence and things like that. But there's a little difference between the two of them. But we are going to talk all about this and dive into it and hopefully share some tips and ways that this virtual assistance idea can help our realtors in their business, just making it more effective, and better. 
let's start at the beginning. What are virtual assistants and what are some of the benefits that they can bring to a company? Virtual assistant is pretty much somebody that can work likely overseas, and that's what we outsource ours. The cost of living, the pay rate is, is much less than what somebody will have to pay in the States. And pretty much everything that they do varies depending on the business. We specialize on hiring virtual assistants for real estate and all kinds of real estate, anywhere from a syndication to a flip. If you can think of something that you have to do more than once, you can delegate that. Something that you don't have to be in person, like if you're going to go show an apartment, maybe that's not a good portion of the process that you can delegate, but you can delegate the setting up the appointment, follow up email, here's that video, maybe like you can delegate probably 80 to 90% of that process and then just take on virtual assistant might not be able to facilitate. If you have to do it more than once, you can probably delegate it. And how is that valuable for a small business owner? They're affordable in a way that if you want to build two or three team person, you probably can hire that for maybe the amount of that you can pay or you will have to pay somebody in the States just simply because of the cost of living. You can literally form your team that you have 24-hour service if that's something that you wanted to. Like we have some people that rent rooms and they want a very timely response so they have around the clock coverage with their staff. And that's something that if you were to outsource from here in the States, it will definitely be way more, more expensive. It depends on what the business needs is focused on. They can do books. They can do underwriting of a property. They can do comparisons for a property. They can do a follow-up, social media presence. Again, pretty much you can diversify or you can niche down as much as you need. And often enough, you start building your own team, just pretty much putting your own little Frankenstein of the team together. And it just becomes this huge monster that you can't live without. No, I think this is so cool and and really smart when you think about it. And I think COVID brought so much to us in the world of working virtually and working from wherever. And this idea of working even outside of where you live is just so new and so smart. And is this something that you guys are doing with your company that you found success with is this idea of virtual assistance? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. One example, if we found a deal today, and I was to underwrite it. It will take about two to three hours, depending on how, if you have the information that you need, we can send that to our assistant. And by the morning, we have a result. We just need to fine tune it and do the high level integration. But again, if we can delegate the process, we have been able to not only increase our database, but increase the number of investors that are actually investing their capital, which it just provides for a better experience. Uh, we have raised millions of dollars because we were able to bring our team together, feel like we get, provide a much better service instead of just me answering all the calls, doing all the follow-ups or not even doing follow-ups. So that's definitely something that we have implemented for almost two years in our company. And that's something many syndicators or real estate agents were still doing their own database or their own social media. And they were like, just running out of time. You buy yourself so many little jobs when you fail to delegate. So definitely something that we have been able to implement. The topic of delegation, you know, we are so bad at it as small business owners. And me personally, I know I am so bad at it too. I'm like, I want to keep everything under me and I want to control it. And that's so limiting, you know, in your business. Do you have any other advice or ways, including virtual assistants and things like that? Do you have any other tips or ways that we can be better at delegation? Absolutely. So Between my husband and I, we have over 35 years of experience in the military. And in the military, 
You're expected to be training everybody mm. around you and all of your assigned duties or your mission, because it's assumed that if you're going down, somebody else needs to be trained and ready to do your job. So because of that, we are heavy focused on building SOPs, standard operating procedures. If you give me a, some, something to do to follow up, let's see, a, a lead, I'm going to document everything so that if I'm not here to do that same task, Somebody else can come, read that document, and then pretty much implement 80 to 90% of the process. Business owner, we use often this, we call it the rock, sand, and gravel delegation process. And if you can think of a base that you're going to fill up with all of those ingredients, gravel, rocks, and sand, and you want to occupy every single piece of the space because that's how much you are paying to your VA. If you're paying at four hours or eight hours, you want to make sure that Every minute is occupied with something productive. What we see often is that people is like, oh, I would love for you to organize my pictures. That's great. How is that going to give you capital today? How is that going to translate to a lead that is going to come and invest or buy a property or sell your property? We want you to have a priority of assignment. In that case, let's see that you have a house that you're advertising. This is going to be a timely, very short due date. So in the next 48 hours, I need you to complete this task. That, that will be a rock item or, or a delegated item. Then I'm going to also give you some gravel. So maybe in the next week, I want you to schedule the next podcast or release the next podcast. It's something that is more predictable, a little bit more time. And then the last one, the sand projects, is something that I would love to get to that and maybe in the next 10 years. Well, guess what? If you delegate and assign that level of priority, if you get stuck in a meeting and you don't have time to go back and give them the feedback for the rock assignment, they can move on to the next assignment and the next assignment. So that decreases the stress and the urgency for you to go back and review their documents or their their, their um, projects. Eventually, they will know how to continue to make progress in your rock projects. And they will know like, OK, I know that she was going to record this podcast this day. So I'm going to plan. So the rocks are not as heavy thrown at them. And that's the whole goal. If you can think of what you need to delegate and how prioritize your urgency. That will alleviate, I would say about 50% of the battle of how do I delegate and how do I track the performance. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. Home sellers can be sued by buyers, even if they did nothing wrong. When a seller gets sued, so does their agent and broker. And that's just not fair. Home sale lawsuits don't happen on every transaction, but when they do, they can be devastating. Seller's Shield is so proactive, we resolve 94% of our clients' disputes before they become a formal suit, keeping everyone out of the courtroom. Protect yourself with Seller's Shield and get the peace of mind you deserve. I love that. And I, I love, I'm a big fan of metaphors too. So I love that you broke it down into the rock, gravel, and sand. I think that's so cool. And it just provides such, you know, a good visual and a new way to think about things. So 
Where should a broker or an agent start as far as the process of getting a virtual assistant? What does that look like? What are the steps that need to happen in order to start putting some of this in motion? Different models that you can do. You can do do it yourself model. And there's the platforms online that I would mention, but there you can just Google and say how to hire my VA. And there's platforms that are paid by period of time. And that's great. That's how we started it. The way we do it, we do it concierge type of service. And we also integrate business coaching for a month when we onboard. Because most people, like you mentioned, they don't know how to delegate. They just, they don't feel comfortable. They feel like they're not using their VA optimally. And on the other side, the VAs, they hurry up, hurry up and then wait. And that's a lot of downtime that was pretty much wasted money because you're paying them for the block of amount of hours that you're sending them. So the way we do it, uh, we do an onboarding call with our client, and then we pretty much walk the path for a whole month with the client to understand their business, to understand their priorities, what is going to make you money, because that's what you are either saving time and or making money. We sit down with our clients for an onboarding session for a, a month, and our VA team also onboards the VA. And then we have weekly meetings with the team. So eventually the goal is to let you be the one that is delegating. But at the beginning, we're going to show you exactly the high areas that you want to do. So the way we do it is with a one-on-one. That will be a consultation and we'll take it from there. Yeah, no, that's really great that you have a plan to kind of work with them, to get them feeling comfortable about their role in the company and kind of how they're going to, you know, all work together. I think that's really important to have success with this. And another thing that you mentioned, too, with virtual assistants is that it can increase staff retention as well and really form those long term working relationships. Talk a little bit about the benefits, you know, to other staff members in the company, other agents in the company that relationship and how that can get enhanced with working with a virtual assistant. Somebody is handling your back office. If you can think of that, walk in the office and we do have a virtual office that we create for our clients. You walk in the office and drop off this file. Hey, this needs to be handled. If you don't know how to do it, I'm going to leave you a voicemail. That frees up your time so that you can be conducting high potentially high paying hours or building those relationships where you're going to be more present. We're looking for omnipresent. Mm -hmm. Anything that we can do to help you pretty much, people is going to ask you, didn't I just saw you posting here? Are you doing this event? You're doing this showing because everything else is coordinating. You are doing 10 to 20% of the tasks that are the ones that are going to bring you business and close the deals. Instead of being in a computer, uploading all your documents, all of that is handled for you. Like imagine just showing to the office and doing what you bring the value at. My primary job, I'm an anesthesia. When I call the surgeon to the room, hey, we are ready for you, the billing starts. So I am going to prepare everything else and the whole team is going to prepare everything else so that when we call the surgeon in the room, we only keep them in the room for the procedure time. Everything else is like a preparation. I don't need Mr. President to be here for like, let me develop this pamphlet. So when you start thinking of that kind of position that you have, or you should see yourself, I want to conduct the meetings that are going to bring the potential clients, that are going to bring the potential closing to the table. That's what I'm being paid for. But most people, most business owners, most entrepreneurs, they just feel like they have to be the ones doing all of this because nobody else will do it better. 
No, that's so true. I think that's the biggest thing that can defer somebody from wanting to do this is just, I can do it myself. I know what I'm doing and I don't bother, but there's so much value and it's such an important skill that business owners need to learn. And it's so crucial if you really want to expand your business and take things to the next level. We got to get rid of some of those tasks as hard as that may be is the control in us wants to hold on to that. Just releasing some of that can free up so much time for us to be able to do things that really matter and that really need our time and attention. And I think that's so important. So we talked kind of a little bit about all of the highlights and the positives of working, you know, with this and how to start delegating. Great resource that's out there that really help our businesses. Are there any negatives that you've experienced or anything, you know, that we should be aware about? Any caution flags that we should be throwing up, you know, if this is something that we want to take on? Have you experienced anything like that? So let's suppose that you go and hire your own person, your own VA and develop, build on your own systems. Most of the time, depending on how you're going to pay them, the paying systems are going to be delaying. Not only the time that let's suppose I work two weeks and the agreement is that you pay me every two weeks and I'm your VA. Here I am working for two weeks and I really don't know you. I'll probably do some research and do the interview, but I'm working for two weeks. And then by the time you send my payment, the platform is going to delay depending on if it's the first time that I collect payment. It might be up to 37 days, the longest that we've seen that it has it was delayed. Now, if I'm the, the VA looking for a direct contract with you, I'm only going to not only want to wait the 10 days, but also the 30 or maybe 15 days where the platform releases my capital. In that time frame, I don't know if this is going to work out. I'm not really fully committed. I'm not delivering you like maybe what I should. People walk away with projects that are completed and they not send in the payment. And this is information that we get from the VAs being that we have a very fine in tune with the communities where we hire them. The fear, maybe not even given the hundred percent. So what, how we fix that is we second that we, or the, when we other side, we're going to onboard the VA, they are released a payment. So that starts the clock. So when they come to work with our company, they already know they're going to get paid. That is already like half of the hesitance. They're now committed. We do have training with with our VAs. We do a lot of involvement to create not only a worker, but a person that is committed to the mission of our clients. We do masterminds. We have spent over half a million dollars ourselves and our business to build them. And the secret has been masterminds. So we implement everything we learn. And we share that with our VAs. So our VAs are committed and they understand the business or what it takes to get one person, one contact, and then nurture that contact until you convert that lead. They walk around with your mission. They understand your business and they're fully committed. That has been really hard to find when you do it on your own and you just hire indirectly. Know that you cannot achieve it. We did. But it took a lot of nurturing. And if you're not closely monitoring their progress, it's really frustrating for both. And then you end up spending a lot of downtime where we are business coaches. So we actually lead you through make sure that you are actually utilizing your VA optimally. Those are some of the things that we've seen. When you're paying, when you're, you're probably paying either from your small business account. And eventually the CPA, if you have one, is going to be questioning how much you're going to keep paying this and who is this person that you're paying to? How we fix that is actually we're established is we are a U.S.-based company and we issue you an invoice, meaning that we take care of all the taxes that you don't have to worry about it. And now you have an expense documented from the company. 
No, that's really interesting to, you know, to think about kind of the legalities that go along with this, right? And just figuring out how to work with payments and, you know, getting things into different countries. And, and there's probably a lot of stuff you had to figure out in the beginning with that. But probably once you figured it out and became familiar with the process, it was probably pretty easy. You know, as you brought on new people and things like that, you probably get more comfortable with it and, and learn a little bit more about how to do that right off the bat. And you mentioned too about the working relationship and how to make sure you're in communication. Do you have any way with these VAs that you really track and measure um, progress and performance? Weekly project tracker that we present to the clients, we review with them every week. We do have communication. We have monday.com is a project management tool that we use to keep in contact with our clients. And some of them use Asana. That's another way to keep track. But definitely there's also some apps that, that you can pretty much monitor the screen time to see what they're working on, if, if that's something that you want. Most of our clients don't use that. They work on the completed project. Um, it's just less stressful, less expensive. But there is definitely technology that we can utilize. And just to mention uh, artificial intelligence that we have, our VAs are fully trained and they're using that. So instead of them trying to create all the content, they do a voice command. They generate all this content. So the mass production that we're able to achieve because they are using all of this new technology changed even our own game. Like if we just recently adopted that, we're super excited about it. Why am I not producing this content? But it also helps you fine tune it to make it your message coming from your brand instead of just a robot. I've started experimenting with it myself and just seeing, you know, giving it different problems and seeing what it comes up with. And you're right, there is a, a special touch that needs to be added onto if you're doing any sort of artificial intelligence or using that to generate content. There still is this big human component to it that needs a second set of eyes on it. It's not going to spit out a perfect thing that's branded with your language and your words. And that was good for me to know because, you know, everybody's worried. Is this coming for our jobs or is there going to be a need for this anymore? But from what I found in working with AI and the little bit that I've experimented is you do still need that human touch. You do still need something to make it into your own. You know, it's not spitting out a perfect product. So I think that's important to know. And that's good to know that you've had success with that through your VAs, too. Any last bits of advice that you have for brokerages, for agents, for um, any of these small businesses that are considering VAs? If you can think of something that you are doing more than one time, you should be already thinking, how can I, even if it's a recording and your a video, just a voicemail, and then establish all your processes, but also understand that even when you delegate, don't expect the perfection 100% to be correct, like the results, because that's what is going to be very frustrating. If you can get... 50% correct the first pass, 60, 70% next. Eventually, they're going to do it over 100% better than I'm doing it. <laughs> but you have to give them the opportunity to make mistakes and to learn so that you can also have the opportunity to give them the feedback. But it doesn't get done if you don't get started. So definitely give it a try. Yeah, get started. See if you like it. You know, take the advice and the tips that you've shared. Um, and just from what I've heard you say is that it can really save you so much time and energy and frees you up to do the things that you should be doing in order to take your business to the next level. So, Marisol, thank you so much for sharing a little bit more about you and your business and in this world of virtual assistants and how you use it to really help level up your business. I really enjoyed hearing more about you. And I didn't even know about the anesthesiology thing. I think that's so cool. I was like, wow, you've really done anesthesiologist, Navy veteran. I mean, like, wow, <laughs> very impressive and, and accomplished. So thank you for coming on. And thanks for sharing a little bit more about you and what you do. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Allison. Thanks for having me. And to all of our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. We will be back with you next week. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.